Thank you, Jane. Good morning, everybody. My name's Adam. I am the vicar here, and it's really good to be with you today. Uh, as the vicar, I get to do, uh, go off piste and do what I want. And I just was thinking earlier that this is a bit like a, a kind of a, a sign of the resurrection, us being here this morning and being at home. Because Jesus' resurrection is a sign of the things to come. The fact that Jesus was risen from the dead is the confirmation to us that one day he will make everything new, that his kingdom is coming, his rule and his reign will come on this earth. And this morning, us, a few of us being here together in the room, can we have room cam for a minute, please, Rach? There we go. A few of us being here in the room together is a sign of the fact that there is more coming, that there will be an opportunity, hopefully not in too long a distance, when we can all meet together again, that we can mingle and spend time and sing and worship together and be with one another. So if you remember nothing else from this morning's sermon, remember that just being here today or joining us online is a sign, a symbol of his resurrection. But this morning's big idea is this. Let's allow Jesus to rekindle the fire of our love for him. Let's allow Jesus to rekindle the fire of our love for him. I don't know how you're feeling this morning, whether you're gathered here in the room or at home or watching later. I don't know whether you're just full of the fire of the Lord, in which case, hallelujah, or whether you're feeling just a little bit cold, a little bit burnt out, a little bit lukewarm. But this morning, we're going to look at this passage, which is in the Gospel of John, but is actually really Peter's story. And we're going to look at how the Lord can rekindle the fire of our love for him. So let's have a look at the passage that Jane just read to us. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nobody calls their children Didymus these days, do they? If you're expecting, there's a free one. You're welcome. Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two others were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we will go with you. I was so pleased when Jane read this in exactly the tone of voice that I had heard the Peter say all week, I kind of, I'm going out to fish. You see, Simon had been with Jesus for three years. He'd been fishing before Jesus called him. It was his livelihood. It was his trade. It's everything that he knew. He did it every day of his life until he met Jesus. And then Jesus said, come and follow me. 
And Peter left his fishing notes. He got nets. He got up and he followed the Lord for three years. Day and night, night and day, they slept out in the cold together. They went hungry together. They feasted together. They saw miraculous healings together. And then was Jesus' death and resurrection. And the night before Jesus' death, Peter had said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go, even unto death. But the Lord replied to Peter, actually, you won't. I know that you won't. Before the cock crows in the morning, you will deny me three times. I won't, Lord, he said. But the Lord was right. Having been given a new identity, Simon had become Peter, the rock on whom Jesus would build his church, the fisher of men. He'd been given a new purpose. After all this, he went back to his old identity and his old purpose. How must Peter have been feeling? Yes, Jesus had risen from the dead. It had turned out all right. But maybe that made him feel even worse. He had denied Jesus in his moment of deepest need. Jesus had come back. What was next for Peter? What do you do when you know that you've let the Lord down? What do you do when you know that you've fallen back into your old ways? Because for Peter and the disciples, they decided to just get on with it and go back and fish. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. How much do you feel at this point? You've been for fishermen all your life. You were good at it. You followed Jesus for three years. You fouled that up. Now you go back to fishing and you catch nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise it was Jesus. He called to them, friends, haven't you any fish? As the passage says, it was about 100 metres out. It wasn't that far but they didn't recognise him on the shore. They could have a conversation with him, but they didn't see who it was. Did he look different? Or were they just not expecting to see him? That's one question, two questions we're never known or going to know the answer to. But why didn't they recognise him that morning? It reminds me of Matthew 25 when Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, my brothers, 
you do for me. When is it maybe that we encounter Jesus and we don't even recognize it? Is it when we love one another? Is it when we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the prisoner? Is it when we care for his creation? It's possible for us to be in the presence of the Lord and not even know it. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net to the other side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because it was such a large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. These guys, as we've said, are experienced fishermen. They knew how to fish. They knew that the best time to fish was at night. They knew that the fish hated the bright, strong Middle Eastern sun, the heat beating down on the water. So they would come up near the surface in the nighttime and it would be easier to throw out your nets and to catch the fish as they were near the surface. As the sun came up, the fish would go down. They descend into the dark, into the cool, into the, into the safe places for the day. So just as they had when they'd had a miraculous catch of fish that first day they'd met Jesus three years ago, even if they didn't recognise him by sight, they knew in this moment it was him. It's the Lord. What would the Lord need to do to attract your attention? What would make you stop? What would lift your head and your eyes and your heart to see him? As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around himself, don't go visual, uh, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred metres. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coal. There was fish on it and some bread. A fire of burning coal. So here's Peter, not knowing what to do, having seen the risen Jesus, having, having denied him the night before he died, back in Galilee, back fishing, catching nothing. Then the excitement of seeing the Lord, realising it's him, diving into the lake, swimming the hundred metres back to the shore. I can just imagine what the others were going, oh, there's Peter off again. We've already said that this is too much fish to carry. Now there's one less of us. Thanks, mate. 
But then he arrives on the shore and the first thing he sees is a charcoal fire. Now forgive me if you already know this, but I think it bears a reminder. There are two times in John's Gospels, there are two times in the New Testament when the words, the Greek words used to describe a fire are the same as this, a charcoal fire. One is here, the other was on that night of Jesus' trial before his death in the courtyard of the high priest's house where Peter denied the Lord. He arrives on the shoreline and he sees the charcoal fire. He smells the distinctive smell. And he's already not knowing what the Lord is going to do. John and Jesus have set up this event to reveal to Peter and to us his forgiveness, his reconciliation, his reinstatement. You see, that night when Peter betrayed Jesus, when Jesus went to his death, it was for just such a time as that. It was for people just like Peter, just like you, just like me. People who deny the Lord, people who betray the Lord, people who turn their backs and walk away from him. Jesus isn't being cruel in reminding Peter of that night. He wants Peter to remember because he wants Peter to know that even that sin is forgiven. Even despite that denial, he's still loved and he's still welcome to, as Ellie said, come and have breakfast. Jesus said to them, bring some fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat. Oh, now you're here to help. And dragged the net ashore. It was, a, it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. You see, Jesus already had food. John doesn't add unnecessary details into his gospel. Everything he puts in there, he thinks about. He's told us that Jesus is there with a charcoal fire, with fish and bread. They bring their fish in. It's not ready to eat yet. But Jesus says, come and have breakfast because he has enough for them. He has enough for you. The Lord wants you to come. He wants you to bring all that you have, your gifts and your talents. But don't ever think that he needs them or requires them. 
He delights in them. He delights in you. But he has everything that he needs. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Even now on the beach, they're not so sure. They could still ask because they knew that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after that he was raised from the dead. So our big idea was this. Let's allow Jesus to rekindle the fire of our love for him. So how can we allow Jesus to rekindle the fire of his love? What can we learn from this passage we've looked at this morning? I think the first one is that we need to be ready to receive forgiveness from the Lord. We have all, like Peter, fallen short. We've all left things undone that we should have done. We've all done things that we shouldn't have done. And my original question to you still stands. What do you do when you realise that you have let the Lord down? Do you go back to your fishing ways? Or do you allow him to forgive you? Because this is Peter's story of forgiveness. I don't know what you're carrying with you today. I don't know what is on your heart. But think about Peter. Think about how he must have felt coming before the Lord again, seeing and smelling the charcoal fire, knowing that he had let him down. There is nothing that you have done or could ever do that was not paid for by Jesus on the cross. You are welcome to come to him and receive his forgiveness. Secondly, wait. Do not be too busy to receive from him. Do not be too busy to hear him speak to you. I imagine, and again, this is extra biblical, so ignore me if you like, but I I imagined Peter and the other disciples just sat on the beach waiting. Jesus said he would come to them. He said he would send his Holy Spirit. But they were waiting and they were fed up. So they decided to go fishing. How often do we prefer to make ourselves busy than to wait on the Lord? How do we rekindle, allow Jesus to rekindle our fire? Let us allow him to forgive us. Let us spend time waiting on him. And finally, because all these things need to come in threes, let's expect him to speak to us. Let's expect him to come to us we might not recognise him as he does.
but let's expect to see him in our lives, as we read our Bibles, as we meet people, as we love others, as we care for his creation. Let's expect to find him there. And I'd encourage you, and this is a journey I'm on at the moment, to maybe take some time after your day, after your week, to just reflect back and to think, where did I see the Lord in my life today? And you might find yourself surprised by him and by you. Our big idea is this. Let's allow Jesus to rekindle the fire of our love for him. Let's receive his forgiveness. Wait for him to come upon us by his Holy Spirit and fill us. And expect to see him at work in our lives. Amen.